This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3217 for Tuesday the 1st of December 2020. Today's show is entitled, Some Million and is part of the series, Hobby Electronics. It is hosted by Brian in Ohio, and is about 18 minutes long, and carries a clean flag. The summary is, my first Internet of Things device, without using Python. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hacker Public Radio, Brian in Ohio here, back, I'm out from under my, ro- my rock, I'm uh, back in northwest Ohio, uh, using my regular voice, um, and although it was kind of fun doing that eSpeak episode, uh, eSpeak's pretty cool, it's actually very fast, just type up what you want to say and have eSpeak read it out for you, and I don't understand why anybody would complain about the audio, uh, it's no worse than operators episodes, and we all love his shows, don't we? Anyway, I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about a problem that I had here at my house that I uh, found a solution to, and I thought it might be interesting to you all. Okay, the problem is, is that here in uh, Northwest Ohio, I, I, uh, we live in a place where, with a very high water table. Uh, we live in an area that used to be called the Great Black Swamp, uh, was um, we're we're basically on the shores of the the, the Great Lakes here in the U.S. It's the largest source of uh, fresh water in the in the planet, I believe. And uh, we uh, because of that, you can just dig down a little bit, not very far, and hit water. And so, if you have a basement and and your house, you're going to have water issues. Uh, to counteract that problem. Um, Houses here in this area have uh, sumps put in, and a sump. And I've got a couple of pictures here. A sump consists of uh, of a um, a basin that's in your basement, and there's some uh, piping that that directs the water from outside into this sump collection area, and then that water is uh, pumped out. Um, usually done pumped out by an electrical pump. Uh, and a good sump system has some kind of backup. Usually it has two, pu- two pumps in it. So my sump system has the picture one or is uh, just kind of looking into the, the closet where it sits. Uh, and then picture two is looking down into the sump with the cover off. And you see the, um, the, the, the pump. It's the, the main pump is the black device with the green on top. And there's a there's a secondary pump that you, that is the the secondary pump is the uh, black part that's got a hose clamp around it with a little white knob thing that's that's uh, connected to this. Uh, there's a PVC pipe with a wire that runs down to it. Uh, 
Um, and so those are the two pumps in my um, sump system. Um, the, the real problem isn't necessarily the, the, sump, the, the sump itself, it's when the sump pumps fail. And so the primary pump can fail in many ways. Of course, it can have mechanical failure. Uh, it's, a, it's a pump sitting in water, so rust is a problem. Uh, a lot of these pumps have some kind of float system uh, where, that uh, turns the pump off and on. Those, flump, those floats can get stuck. They can have sediment get into them and mess them up. And of course, if you have some kind of electrical outage, uh, you can have um, your sump won't work if it's a because it's powered by electric. And so, if, if you have a thunderstorm that knocks out the power and there's water rising, you won't have there. Your your primary pump will not work. Um, that so I have a secondary pump. Those can be different uh, flavors. Some of them are electrical also, but usually those have a battery backup. Um, and those. Uh, all of, all of the secondary pumps have the same problem. They can fail in different ways mechanically, but a secondary pump that relies on some kind of battery, if there's a long power outage, you might have to at least recharge that battery. You might run into problems there. Uh, my secondary pump actually uses uh, city water um, as a mechanism to run a turbine to draw the water out. So it, there's an assumption here that if your power is out and your city water is out, you're probably experiencing the uh, zombie apocalypse and you've got uh, other, bigger problems than, um, than your sump pump at that point or your sump it's in general. So I wanted a system, um, I've had a couple of, of floodings of the basement for a variety, a couple of different reasons. So I, but I, so I wanted a system that would, uh, that would notify me when the water level in the sump was rising. And I, and I wanted it set so that the, when the water level hits where the secondary system kicks in, I would get that notification. And I wanted a system that uh, wouldn't use some kind of home spy system that's available from one of your friendly corporations out there. And I really didn't want to use Python because I don't really know Python and I didn't want to just install um, Python libraries and for a solution, I wanted to be able to do it um, with tools that I understood. So the solution I came up with uh, uses a Raspberry Pi, a simple transistor circuit, a C library that allows me access to the uh, Pi's GPIO pins. Those are the general purpose input and output pins, and those are those uh, that header of 40 pin. For number 26 pins, I think it is. I'm not sure what the number is. The little pins that stick up out of the uh, pot, uh, the Raspberry Pis that allow those allow you access to, to hook things up to them. And uh, I used uh, the Mutt Mail client and some uh, Bash scripting and a cron job to get this job done. So here's how I did it. Um, I used a Raspberry Thri Th Raspberry Pi 3B. That's what I had uh, laying around. I installed, of course, Slackware uh, because that is the best operating system. Uh, excuse me, that's the best Linux distribution um, that's out there. And um, uh, I used the Sarpy projects, Slackware ARM on the Raspberry Pi. I've got links in the show notes for these things. Uh, um, uh, there's actually the developers of the Slackware ARM uh, 
fork of the or part of the Slackware project. They have a podcast. I've got a link to that. They've got about 15 shows out. Pretty good listening. And um, so after installing Slackware on my uh, Raspberry Pi, I wanted access to those general purpose uh, input-output pins. And initially, I, tr I was, did a little bit of looking around, and there's a way to control those pins using calls to uh, SysFS um, that are really just echoing into SysFS, a virtual file system that, that creates these, um, these connections to these input and output pins from the kernel to the real world. And... But unfortunately, that SysFS system is deprecated. There's a link in the show note to, to what's happening there. And it's being replaced by, I think it's called libgpio. Um, so I tried to compile that and get it working, and I, and I could not do it. So I was a little bit frustrated at that point. Uh, there's some other solutions, of course. There's using Python, which I really don't want to use. Uh, there's a project called WiringPy, which... Uh, um, kind of makes the access to the G GPIO pins very similar to the way Arduino or wiring uh, does it. And it's, um, but unfortunately that project's dead, it seems like. And then there's a, a project out there called uh, Pi GPIOD. It's, it's still active. There's a Slack builds for it. I've got the uh, Slack builds is the official, unofficial extra repository for Slackware uh, users and a, a great source of uh, software out there. And it, they had a Slack build for it, so I built it up, installed it into my Pi, and then had access to the, to the GPIOs. And that library is actually pretty amazing. It allows access from the C, C functions, it, allows, it has a Python wrapper, and it has uh, bash commands that allow you access to the GPIOs. It was very cool, very easy to install. Uh, the The syntax of the commands are as kind of yeah. I'd, I'd have re I would have written it differently, but I hey, I'm I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that's what I would do if I had designed it. But I'm not going to change it. It works just fine. Uh, the circuit um, I used a rework of a circuit that Forest Mims. I have a bunch of Forest Mims books uh, in my library and. If you don't know who Forrest Mims is, I've got a link to a Wikipedia article in the show notes. Um, and he's put out a bunch of uh, Radio Shack here in the U.S. We had this, this, this uh, retailer, Radio Shack, where you could get electronic stuff when I was growing up. And some, one of the things they had was these um, little engineer's notebooks, and they were in graph paper form, and they had circuits and stuff, and just endless hours as a kid of looking at those and dreaming about making things. Um, that really didn't come into fruition until now when I'm an older guy. Uh, but anyway, so there's Forrest Mims has a circuit that involves a, tr a transistor, a couple of uh, three resistors, and it allows you to detect water pretty easily. Um, and so I've got a picture of that circuit, uh, and that... Uh, and I did it and tried to do it in Forrest Mims style uh, graph paper. And it gives a kind of a block overview. The circuit's to the right. And then uh, what I, what my main, the main change that I did was I installed a, a relay board. And I'll describe uh, 
how I did this um, later in the show. This relay board allows me to do a functional test of the system whenever I want to by, by basically shorting across the probe pins and uh, then the system runs and it does what it's going to do, which I'll describe what it does when I get there. So that's the third picture. Uh, now, to, as far as notification goes, um, I remember that you can send text messages via emails. And so what I, I, uh, I, I, there's a link in the show note for different systems, for different uh, carriers. Um, for, for my carrier, Verizon, it's your phone number at vtex.com is who you would email to, uh, and it comes up as a text message. And so if the best text messaging system for a Raspberry Pi on the command line is MUT. So I set up a MUT client, and I've got a link down how I did that to my Gmail account. And uh, that is how I am notified if there's a problem in my sump. It, the system uh, detects when the water gets high through the circuit. If, it's, if the water is, uh, you know, shorted out the, the probe pins and the, the circuit goes to a logic level zero because it's driven low, um, then a, a MUT message is sent to my, my uh, phone letting me know that there's a problem, that this water is coming up, and then I can go investigate to see what's going on. So, in, uh, so the script that I came up with that I run on a cron job every minute, it, basically it has a few parts. Uh, the first part is daily... Uh, at 6 a.m., it sends me a message just to let me know that that, that Pi is still running, that, that Raspberry Pi is working, that the GPIO daemon, the PI-GPIO-D daemon, which is uh, what's running in the background on, on, the, on the Raspberry Pi, is, is still running. If not, it sends me a message because only, only root can start that daemon up. So I would have to intervene SSH into that uh, into that uh, Raspberry Pi and, and restarted it for some reason it died. It makes sure that the, the pins that I use, which are pin four and pin 17 on the, on the Raspberry Pi, the pin four is the input pin from the sensor, the pin 17 is the output to the relay, which turns the relay off and on when I want it. It makes sure those are correctly uh, set up as input and output. And uh, if those two, uh, at 6 a.m., if those two, th those three things, those, the two pins and the, the daemon is running, it sends me a, um, a message that says uh, that the system is running. Uh, and then once uh, a month, I, th I pick the first Wednesday at, of the month at noon, um, using, a, using a little bit of cut commands against date, and uh, it the system runs a, a monthly test. It sends me a message that it's going to run a monthly test. It basically energizes that relay, short, shorting the pins of the probe, the water probe, and then uh, makes and then the, the circuit thinks that the water has risen. Uh, the, the, the input to the GPIO goes from a logic high, because the pin is held high normally. It's driven low, and detected and I get a water running mess water rising message uh, does that once a month 
uh, and then uh, and then the last part of the of the um, script is just the nor just what the main purpose of this project is is this checks to see that the sensor pin is not not at a logic zero driven low it says it's, if it's a zero then the water is risen that that circuit is active and it sends me a message that the water is rising but usually hope you know everything's going well it would be a one and, a, and I don't get anything Um, that, so I uh, first put this, the, uh, I breadboarded up the circuit. I put in all, and that's a picture, picture four there, the Raspberry Pi with all the wires, a big old mess of wires there to run the system and did a bunch of testing, got the script working, and, uh, and then... Um, once I was confident that it would work, I made a, a strip board, which is picture five, where uh, a couple little headers, one's to the, um, to the right on the picture, that's a transistor and the resistors are on top, and then on the left is, the, is where the wires that connect to the, to the sump pump and to the relay board are um, put in, and then the, the header that's to the right on the picture facing down is what plugs into the uh, Raspberry Pi. And then I uh, had a case, I did a little cutting and pasting and I stuck that um, relay board onto uh, the top of the case and secured the whole thing in a, uh, to a two by four in the sump closet. And that's where, the, where my sump minion lives. Uh, and hopefully I'll never have another water problem again that would require a flooding of my basement for me to, that I could be able to intervene before I get a flooding problem. And that's the hope. Um, and right now I feel confident that that's what this uh, device will do for me. So in conclusion, it was a fun project. Uh, I think it shows the power of uh, Linux and Floss. There's so many different ways to approach a problem and different solutions out there. This is the solution I, I chose. And certainly it's not a static uh, problem. It's uh, something that I can tinker with and if I find new and better ways to do it, that's what I'll do it. I'll implement those changes. So anyway, I hope it inspires you to uh, take one of those Raspberry Pis and, and hook things up to the physical world and, and make things move. Well, uh, that's the end of the show. Uh, if you have any comments, go ahead and email me or post a comment or better yet, make your show for HPR telling us about uh, how you solved a problem like this or just anything that's a Raspberry Pi related would be interesting to hear. Um, all right, enough of that. Brian and I signing off, and I want to remind everybody to go fast, take chances. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, 
was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.